0: morning how you guys are doing oh my gosh it is friday yes it is it is friday and i'm telling you this time is going by july 10th already already you guys and so much is still going on in the world so we just want to dial it back because i know the past couple of days that i've been really really um sharing how i feel about um the different situations that are occurring in the world and I have plugged it into the program. And yes, if I have it on the program, yes, I am being aware of it, it concerns me or I'm affiliated with it or whatever it is, whatever I put on this platform. As in my intro, this is my audio diary of my life. So this is my feelings. This, this, this is what I'm experiencing as a, a, uh, had t- uh, I have something written down I'm going to share next week. Living life after 50. And that's where I'm at. Matter of fact, living life almost going on 60. <laughs> Let's put it like that. When you have... Uh, came to that milestone and the different situations that have occurred in your life, especially in my life, now you have a story to tell. Your life is your story. And, and that's, what, that's what this platform is all about. That even though I am encountering life situations just like each and every one of you out there, I am part of you some kind of way. Because I am experiencing it. I'm not trying to make this this life look like a glittering situation, which I am enjoying my life in the Lord because only the joy of the Lord is your strength. And if you don't have a spiritual connection with the Most High God, I'm telling you, you will crumble like a piece of dry, burnt bread when... Ad- adversity come your way and sometimes it comes and and give you a TKO like you never felt before and it may even take you out for the count but I can assure you if you trust in the Lord and acknowledge him in all thy ways come on now he will direct your path you see trust him and in the midst of of you being counted out that's when the holy spirit come in and count you in come on now so i just want to encourage you all this is my platform and i appreciate all the listeners that been with me since 2017 we're gonna be celebrating three years this year wow three years glory to god on this platform and it has taken strides and i'm telling you the way it's going now I just thank God by Christmas, I guess we'll hit the 100,000 mark of listeners every day. And I thank you for that. And the new listeners, yes, it's a whole different um, program. I'm going to feed you. I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to give you some education on various situations that are occurring in our country in my city, in my hometown, in New Orleans, Louisiana, where I was born and raised. But I'm dwelling now here in the vicinity of, we're outside the vicinity of Houston now, because I moved out of Houston. But when I uh, got transitioned over here from Hurricane Katrina, we've been in Houston now. At that time, they had us moving all over. But we finally put our roots down in 2007. So for 10 years, 2007 and 2017, I've been in Houston. And I'm telling you, it has been a wonderful, fabulous, enjoyable ride. And when I sit down and think about it, the Holy Ghost made me sit down and think about it and say, you know what? You have been places where people still dream to go. You have done things that people wish they had the guts to do. So why are you so down on yourself? Don't allow people to steal your joy. Don't allow your goodness towards others. And when they turn around and do bad towards you, don't let them steal your joy. Because that's their loss. Because I presented a gift to them to assist them in no matter what form, fashion that you have presented yourself to others, I've given you that gift and don't let nobody steal that gift. And what is that gift? The gift of law, love and a gift of joy. That's one thing I know for a fact, the enemy, whoa, he has been coming at me ever since. And that's what the Holy Spirit showed me. He want to steal your joy and he want to to taint your love because you have pure love. See, people say they love you, but they have a motive behind it. No, you love people. You literally love people. You give your all to the point where you will go without to make sure somebody have. You will pray for them. And that's the most powerful thing that we can have the same people you pray for they turn around <laughs> i told somebody before oh they don't stab me in the back no more they look you right in the face smile at you tell you what they want to tell you and then stab you right in in your in your in your heart in your chest they don't place you know how you say backstabbers oh no they smile grabbers that's what i call them <laughs> So I just want you guys to know that if I can overcome the, tr- the atrocities of, of life situations and people personalities, you can overcome it. And that's what this platform is all about. That's what Dr. D is all about. Now, I want you guys, I have, um, you know, I get up thank the law for the day, find out what's going on. I do have some appointments I have to meet online. um, So I have to make sure I do this quick. And um, I was watching the news and oh my God, like they got something going on. Oh my God, it's like every day something going on. Um, But I also want to interject Judge Mathis. I love him as a judge. But even though George Floyd has been uh, rested, laid to rest. His spirit is still going over the world. And um, I like Judge Mathis, and I like what he says. So I, I'm just going to share this on my program, on some thoughts on how he felt and and how this is not. Some people feel like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know this was happening you know, and they, they stand it up because it's, it came about in this generation. But, oh, the past generation, the, the, at least the last three generations, they already knew how this white and black thing was already. Some people just swept it underneath the rug, but you know how it goes, y'all. This been going on for us as black people, and especially as a black woman. And so I, I want y'all just to uh, listen to his heart and how he felt about the whole situation on the next, the next episode. And while y'all doing that, I'm going to fix me some coffee. So God bless you. Father God, bless those that have ears to hear. Watch over them, and I pray that the blood of Yeshua cover them from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet. All those that have been acquired and networking with me here on this broadcast, bless them, Father God. Cover them and protect them with Psalms 91. In the name of Yahshua. Father God, thank anybody that's sick. Anybody that may have any fears because of this coronavirus, Father God, we take authority over the spirit of fear right now in the name of Jesus. And we release the spirit of faith knowing that if you trust in the Lord thy God, he will protect you, he will cover you, he will make way for you. He said the angels have gone before us already and prepared the way for us. So you can step out of your house with faith, not fear, knowing that as long as you protect yourself, In the name of Jesus, when you come around a crowd, protect yourself. Just mask up. When you get in your car, then you can breathe. Take the mask off in Jesus' name. Wash your hands. Do what you have to do to protect yourself. And you're going to be all right. I'm telling you, it's going to be all right, y'all. It's going to be all right. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Go ahead and enjoy the next episode. You'll be tuning in to George Mathis. And I'm purposely striving (laughs) to make sure that I have all the information in the notes after the broadcast so you can go and watch the entire whatever I share. You can be able to read it or watch it with the links I put in the notes, okay? All right, God bless you. And don't forget, you can always contact Dr. D at BoomFactorTV at gmail.com. Go ahead and send me that email, that testimony in the country that you, state and country that you are communicating with me with. And I'll make sure that we're gonna follow up with you in the name of Jesus, because we have to stay connected. Um, Soon and very soon, I just say I'm going to launch it for August. That's the new month, August 1st. we are going to strive to have the Boom Factor TV live on Facebook and on YouTube. So you can go right now to Facebook.com slash Boom Factor and you can literally see me there already. All right. Okay. God bless you.
1: of justice reform, and today we want to bring on another voice that has been just as outspoken against police brutality even before the Black Lives Matter movement began. The Honorable Judge Mathis joins us live. Judge, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you Thanks for having me.: Hey, it under is under circumstances.
1: Under these horrible circumstances, yes, but we are honored to have you here, and of course, to our viewers, you know him from his Emmy Award-winning court show, and what you may not know is that when the judge is not busy telling it like it is on TV, he's on the streets as an activist doing the same thing. So Judge Mathis, I just want to say, uh, I appreciate your voice. I appreciate your activism. I've already learned so much from you. Um, we just saw thousands lining the streets for Floyd's memorial but an unarmed black man killed by the police is sadly nothing new judge right let's let's just let's Correct. be honest so that was what do you be my first comment yep so what do you think um, it is about George Floyd's case that is making people this time pay more attention
2: I think it was so devastatingly graphic that anyone who has red blood in their veins, had to be upset by it, seeing a man die a slow death. I don't think many of us have seen that. I can't watch it after 30 seconds. I can't, haven't been able to yet. I turned my head. I uh, may perhaps have uh, seen the first three minutes, the first time I saw it, haven't been able to look at it since. So I think it's that it's so graphic. Uh, that has caused it. And con- connect that with the fact that people don't think things have changed now. They recognize that this continues to happen and it was the same type of uh, chokehold or it was the same thing choking someone to death that is really tantamount to slavery or host slavery and that being lynching. The only thing different between the lynching that we saw today because it was the knee on the neck between and touching the sidewalk is the rope around the neck touching the tree. And so we're really seeing uh, modern day lynchings and I think that's a slow death because when you're hung and lynched, it's a slow death just like that. Wow, that was a great analogy. Judge, again, thank you for being here, Judge Mathis. All four officers involved in George Floyd's death are now facing charges. First of all, do you call this justice in any way? And do you think the officers would have been charged without all these protests? No, it's not justice at all quite yet. Um, I would hate to think that the protests uh, is the only reason that the process of toward justice has begun. Um, But no, justice won't come until uh, what we see as the visual, that we can't see any defense to the visual um, with regard to the police officer. Now, with those standing by, the accessories, in my observation, I saw one of the officers trying to block the vision of others. So certainly, I think he was an accessory. I knew the others stood around. Did they, did they have a duty? Did they try and exercise that duty to stop what they saw was occurring? Those are the questions that are going to have to be answered by, for the others uh, arrested for accessory.
1: Yes. Uh, well said. Now, unfortunately, Judge, it seems that the riots get more attention than all of these peaceful protests. With many calling for more peaceful protests, saying that the rioting uh, only hijacks the message. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Especially because there's so much, people are sick and tired.
2: You know, I've been a part of every major march. I guess it's my um, all my adult life. Um, uh, board member, Rainbow Push, national board member, NAACP and have marched ever since uh, my 18 year well, 21 years old out of college and what we have begun to see in recent years are people having an agenda to cause violence that will then cause retribution and perhaps militarize the march in which case we see what the, those who have an agenda for a violent revolution, that's what we're seeing. We're seeing them hijack, trying to start a violent revolution, which they espouse, and there's several revolutionary groups that do that. And we've noticed them, we've seen them, we've tried to discourage them in civil rights peaceful marches in the past, but they have an agenda, they're trying to carry it out. Those who follow behind them are just some silly, uh, opportun- criminal opportunists They're going in the loop But in terms of the beginning the violence It is the agenda And spoken objective Of some of the left wing Extremists and white supremacists To start a revolution Based on race Beautifully said
1: uh, Thank you your honor for talking to us. Viewers, you can watch the Judge Mathis show Monday through Friday. Check your local listings. And for more information about the judge's activism, as well as the Mathis Community Center in Detroit, check out his website, askjudgemathis.com. Thank you, Judge.
0: That is awesome. He have a whole community center. That's awesome. And as we know, through the protests, of course, they're going to have other people with their agenda. But overall, the media and other white supremacists and other groups, they're going to always make light of the negative instead of understanding what was the real purpose of the protests. Just like with um, Colin Kaepernick, putting his knee down almost seven years ago standing for justice because of um, Aragona. But what happened? They took the attention off. what was the purpose of him kneeling and want to throw it as, oh, we have to protect the flag. You know, we have to honor the flag. You're supposed to stand and say the pledge of allegiance and put your hands across your chest and salute the flag when they have shown numerous, numerous of... Images with our very own president, who gets up there and say we gotta make America great. He don't even put his hand over over his chest and say the the Pledge of Allegiance. I I bet you he don't even know the Pledge of Allegiance. He don't sit there and, and he don't even read his own briefs. So you just gotta understand, world, that's out there listening. You know the protests gonna be the protest and don't gear on the on the violence and the rioting and the looting. People always want to look at that, but hey, it was more of other nationalities looting than the Black Americans that was looting. So come on, let's balance this thing out. Um, we can jump in the fight for every little thing that's going on, but then we gotta gear it all back. Let's gather it all back. And make sure it's centered and you focus back on you. What part you have to play in this. Ask God. Don't, don't just go jump and get part of something. And say, you know, I've, I think I'm going to do this. And I, I'm going to do this. Well, make sure that you're led and that's part of your calling. Okay? Because that's the only way you're going to be protected on what God has told you to do. All right? That's the most important thing, what God have told you to do, okay? All right. God bless you all.
3: so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Um, let's start right now with the extraordinary comments this week from several top former military officials, including uh, former Secretary and General Jim Manis, condemning President Trump's actions against protesters, his desire to have 10,000 active U.S. military in the streets of this nation. The president's former chief of staff, General Kelly, said he agreed with Mattis. Retired General John uh, John Allen says the president's threat to deploy U.S. military against American citizens quote may well signal the beginning of the end of the American experiment. Uh, Take a a listen to what Allen told me Thursday. I never believed that the Constitution was under threat until recently. And I have concerns about that. Uh, We should all be attentive right now uh, to how the rule of law is being administered in this country. What's your response to to what's been going on the last week, uh, General?
4: Well, first, thanks very much, Jake. I'm very happy with what General Allen said and all the other generals, admirals, are saying and diplomats are saying we have a Constitution. And we have to follow their Constitution. And the president's drifted away from it. I'm so proud of what these generals and admirals have done and others have done. But you know, I didn't write a letter because I made my point with respect to Trump's performance some four years ago when he was running for office. And when I heard some of the things he was saying, it made it clear that I could not possibly vote for this individual. The first thing that troubled me is the whole Berthers movement. And Bertha's movement had it to do with the fact that the President of the United States, President Obama, was a black man. That was part of it. And then I was deeply troubled by the way in which he was going around insulting everybody, insulting Gold Star Mothers, insulting John McCain, insulting immigrants, and I'm the son of immigrants, insulting anybody who dared to speak against him. And that is dangerous for our democracy. It's dangerous for our country. And I think what we're seeing now, the most massive protest movement I have ever seen in my life, I think this suggests that The country is getting wise to this and we're not going to put up with it anymore.
3: And uh, former Defense Secretary General Mattis said, quote, Donald Trump is the first president in my lifetime who does not try to unite the American people, does not even pretend to try. Instead, he tries to divide us. It sounds like you agree with that.
4: You have to agree with it. I mean, look at what he has done to divide us. Forget immigrants. Let's put up a fence in Mexico. Forget this. Let's do this. He is insulting us throughout the world. He is being offensive to our allies. He is not taking into account what our foreign policy is and how it's being affected by his actions. So yes, I agree with General Allen. I agree with all of my former colleagues. And remember, I've been out of the military now for 25 years. And so I'm watching them closely because they all were junior officers when I left. And I'm proud of what they're doing. I'm proud that they were willing to take the risk of speaking honesty and speaking truth to those who are not speaking truth. We've
3: seen tens of thousands of protesters taking to the streets this week in opposition to to racial injustice and police brutality. Mm -hmm. What's been your personal reaction to this moment? Do you think that the country is in something of a turning point?
4: We are in turning points. I mean, the Republican party, the president, thought they were sort of immune. They can go say anything they wanted. And even more troubling, the Congress would just sit there and not in any way resist what the president's doing. And the one word I have to use with respect to what he's been doing for the last several years is a word I would never have used before. I never would have used with any of the four presidents I've worked for. He lies, he lies about things. And he gets away with it because people would not hold him accountable. And so while we're watching him, we need to watch our Congress. I watched the senators heading into the chamber the other day, after all this broke, with a reporter saying, what do you have to say, what do you have to say? They had nothing to say. They would not react. And so we're not a country of just a president. We have a Congress. We have a Supreme Court. But most of all, we have the people of the United States, the ones who vote, the ones who vote him in and the ones who vote him out. I couldn't vote for him in 96. And I certainly cannot in any way support President Trump this year.
3: So, uh, yeah, I know you didn't vote for him in 2016. I assume, based on the fact that you approved uh, Joe Biden when then-Senator uh, then Senator Obama picked him to be his running mate in 2008, I, I assume you're going to be voting for Joe Biden?
4: I'm very close to Joe Biden on a social matter and on a political matter. I've worked with him for 35, 40 years, and he is now the candidate, and I will be voting for him. Let me ask you, during the Rodney
3: King riots in 1992, you counseled then President George H.W. Bush on a speech he was about to give. You wrote about this very uh, movingly in your book. You, you wrote, quote, I read it with dismay. This is the first copy of the speech. I thought the tone was all wrong. Yes, the rioting was criminal and law and order had to be restored, but the violence had not incubated in isolation. It had deep social roots. The speech as it stood recognized only the former and ignored the latter. Do the law and order bit, you said. But there's language here that's only going to fan the flames. Turn down the heat, I suggested. Get some reconciliation into the president's message. And President George H.W. Bush did take your advice back in 1992. He talked about how he was disappointed uh, that the cops who beat Rodney King uh, had been acquitted and on and on. President Trump has been emphasizing law and order. Do you think that he is talking enough about reconciliation and empathy and and what the people in the streets are are calling for in his message in any way.
4: No. No, he is not in any way that I recognize. He always is shooting toward his base. I remember the Bush conversation very, very vividly, because at the same time, we had to bring law and order back into the streets. And we worked with the state of California where it happened in Los Angeles, the riots. And the president called me and said, we may have to do something. I said, Mr. President, go to the governor. The governor has the National Guard. If the National Guard can't do it, then you come back to me with a decision and we will send in federal troops. And we did. And we brought things under control rather quickly. But the president always followed the law, followed the constitution, worked with the community, and we brought stability finally. It was a bad scene, but we got over it rather quickly.
3: Are you, going, are you willing to campaign
4: for joe biden for president well i haven't been asked and i don't think i will be campaigning is not my strong suit and um i don't i don't i'll be speaking for him but i don't plan to make campaign trips
3: we should note that in addition to uh the role that you have uh, assumed in american society you also came in third in the electoral college in 2016 16 Uh, Because some uh, rogue electors uh, voted for you. So you're actually the third place finisher in 2016, even though you didn't even campaign in any way then.
4: That's true. I had to read it in the newspaper, and I called my wife, Can this be so? And with three electors in the state of Washington. And it was uh, amusing. And I have clipped out the article, and I've clipped out the uh, instructions that the House of Representatives put on there in their census. And it's now in my library at the National War College. Uh, So it was charming. The president kind of misrepresents what the final count was. I got three. I beat everybody else behind me. And it was amusing, but that's all there was to it. But three electors felt that they had the authority uh, to change what they were planning to do. I think they've been fined for it. But it's a symbol of the kind of system we have, a democratic system that our fathers thought through rather rather carefully and thoughtfully ticket. and now we'll see how it works this year. I think this year is going to be a different kind of year. We have done things that have offended just about everybody in the world. Our friends are distraught with us. We are down on NATO. We are cutting more troops out of Germany. Um, we've done away with our contributions to the World Health Organization. We're not that happy with the United Nations and just about everywhere you go, you will find this kind of disdain for American foreign policy that is not in our interest. And we have to get on top of this. We have to start acting seriously. How can you say that we're going to take troops out of Germany uh, but we're also thinking of putting more in and we're going to create a new headquarters in Germany that was the headquarters I commanded 25 years ago. We're going to make up our mind of what we're doing, but it seems to all come out of the White House without consultation with our joint chiefs of staff. This is not the way the system is supposed to work. And until the president realizes that he needs to understand the Constitution, understand the restraints on him and his authority, and talk openly with his military authorities about what is the right thing to do, and not fire them when he doesn't get the answer he likes. <laughs> yep, he knows
0: for that. I, I wanna ask- He always do that, he'll fire you in a second. Okay, you're not you're not saying what I wanna hear, you're fired. you you fired. You, you cannot run a country like that, people. You can't even run your household like that. Think about it. Husband and wives. If a husband always want the wife to agree with everything he's saying, and he said, okay, now I want to take all y'all. We're going on a trip, and we're going to drive off the Grand Canyon Cliff. I don't want to hit no flag. Just get on, pack your stuff, and let's go. Wife was saying, oh, we're not doing that. Well, you You fired. I don't wanna be I don't you don't need to be my wife anymore. Come on children, y'all follow me. So I mean that's just how this country country have been um <laughs> going since the new president is in the White House. He's driving the American citizens, just the name American now. We America? Oh you from America. Ha, 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 ha. You know why they're saying that? If you listen to the other international news, it's because of what's going on in the administration. Because you have no structure there. A good leader has structures. A good leader has advisors. Even God said himself, "Is safety in a multitude of councils. That's it. So how can you lift up a Bible and take a Photoshop in the very Bible that you hold, holding? You don't even read yourself and take heed to what's being said in that word, that book that you're holding up saying that's the Bible, trying to show people, hey, solidarity. I'm a Christian. Here go the Bible. You have all these evangelicals praying over him. Okay, what's happening with the prayers? What's going on here? because look what
4: we're singing. ...right now because we're fighting over things that I don't think we should, need to fight over. The Chinese did not do well at the very beginning of this virus crisis. But at the same time, it was our intelligence community that was telling the administration, telling the president, beginning in December through January, February, and March, that we had this. And the president wouldn't respond to it. They kept trying to see if there's somebody else to blame. And so in order to get out of this, we're not blaming the Chinese for everything. Our relationship with the Chinese during my time as chairman or my time as secretary of state was a healthy one. When they did things we didn't like, we told them about it. But more often, we were speaking to them as fellow individuals and a government that we could speak to. I did a lot with the Chinese, disagreed with them when they had to be disagreed with, but at the same time, respected them and listened to what their point of view was right now, then. And right now, we ought to be listening carefully to what they're doing in Hong Kong, and we should not take action that just infuriates the situation and makes the situation worse. Let's talk more, continue to talk more broadly about the role of the
3: United States in the world. The editorial board of the Financial Times, a leading newspaper in the U.K., wrote an editorial titled, America's Battered Moral Standing. And they wrote in part, quote, Donald Trump is handing the world's autocrats a propaganda coup. Never before has a U.S. president demonized, in blanket terms, those protesting against injustice. If China were to send its tanks into Hong Kong, world to world listen to what the U.S. Senate thought. Do you agree that... Our moral standing as Americans is being battered because of the way the attitude President Trump has not only to our allies, but to citizens protesting peacefully.
4: Our moral standing has been demonized by what not only the world is thinking, but they're just looking at us. They're looking at these demonstrations. They see that these are demonstrations that are justified and not to be criticized. They see that uh, George, as the president called him, was murdered. And the president comes out and says, well, George is looking down from heaven and blessing what I'm doing. How can you expect anybody to believe things like that? That's the kind of language we see coming from overseas. And the overseas clients that we have, our friends and some of our adversaries, looking at how we are taking care of our people. Are we insulting everybody? Are we going after immigrants? Um, They don't understand this. I'm the son of immigrants. I wouldn't be here if my parents couldn't come here in banana boats in the 1920s. This is America. This is who we are. And the world doesn't understand. Oh, up. President Trump
3: said this week that it's common sense for Russia to be allowed to rejoin the G7 uh, after Russia was expelled, wow. after it annexed Crimea in 2000.
0: Wow. I will put the link on so you guys can see the entire interview. But um, Colin Powell, one of the Matter of fact, he was the first black um, sergeant. I don't really know his class. I need to research and find out his um, rank, but he's been with the military for over, what, 25 years, he said? And just with that statement, uh, he's tearing up. He's very emotional about it. And it just shows you how empathy across the board, through many individuals that's trying to understand why the Congress, the House is just sitting here and have allowed um, the president to do the things and say the things that he has presented. And what really got me, he stated that back in December, he had a report, December, January and February about the coronavirus. And now the only thing he was able to do is try to blame somebody. I was like, whoa, what? He knew about it? My God. And I'm sure all the revenues that's out there that's supposed to protect the president in the United States of America, I'm sure he always been given his briefs. He just don't listen, like you say, he don't listen to what other people are trying to share with him. That is just amazing. Well, I ain't going to say amazing. That's just pitiful. Let me, let me take that word back. It's amazing that he has allowed himself to, to demonstrate his character the way he has allowed it from the business world to president. And I think that's what he really, really, he just came in there as a businessman. And he just going to see what all he can do and get for himself. He really didn't worry about what the American citizen was. It was all about him. Trump America. That's, that's what his goal was. That's how I'm perceiving it was all about him. Did, period.
3: 2014, um, what do you think of that? Should Russia be allowed to, join, to rejoin the G7?
4: Let me answer it this way. Um, why is he making this decision all by himself at the same time that Russia has been listed as one of our four enemies that we have to be dealing with? In reality, they are not. They're not one of our four enemies. As one Israeli Prime Minister said to me in a very simple way, colon, we've lost our enemies. Now all we have are problems. We have problems. And so we have a situation where Pentagon has identified four enemies, China, Russia, Iran, and North Korea. Not one of them is about to attack us right now. We're sending huge sums. We need to get to those problems in Afghanistan, Somalia, elsewhere, and start to help solve those. And so, The world is listening, and what are they hearing? They're hearing this, we don't like immigrants, we don't want them in, let's kick them out. We're hearing that we don't like so many of our ethnic people, the ethnic slices that America represents, we don't like that. And they speak out against it. It's our strength, it's been our strength for 200 years. And we ought to stick up for our immigration policies, we ought to stick up for our minorities, we ought to put more money into lower income classes of Americans. We need to get our kids educated, white and black. All of them get educated like I was educated in the public school system of New York. And I'm now in a graduate graduate of a public college in New York and um, have been rather successful with this public school education. That's the kind of education all of our young people should have. And it is a major priority in my lifetime and among my friends.
3: Last question for you, sir, and we really do appreciate your time today. There are a lot of independent voters out there, uh, or moderates, uh, Democrats and Republicans, who might be concerned that the Democratic Party is drifting too far to the left. um, And they hear your comments uh, about President Trump. Why is it so important to you that President Trump not be reelected?
4: Because I think he has been not an effective president. He lies all the time. He began lying the day of inauguration when we got into an argument about the size of the crowd that was there. Um, People are writing books about his favorite thing of lying, and I don't think that's in our interest. I didn't vote for him in 2006. The situation for 2020, in my mind, in my life, has gotten worse. Every American citizen has to sit down, think it through, and make a decision on their own. Don't listen to the everybody out there don't read every newspaper think it through use your common sense say is this good for my country before you say this is good for me we have a lot of people who are earning great wealth and when i've talked to some of them they said well gee the economy's doing great i'm doing great the economy exists for all of the american people not just you doing great or me doing better so what we have to do now is reach out to the whole people watch these demonstrations watch these protests and rather than curse them embrace them to see what it is we have to do to get out of this situation that we find ourselves in now. We're America. We're Americans. We can do this. We have the ability to do it, and we ought to do it. Make America not just great, but strong, and great for all Americans, not just a couple.
3: Retired General Colin Powell, former chairman of the Joint Chiefs, former Secretary of State, we're honored with your presence today. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you, Jake. Oh, it was a chief. The United States is a nation beyond recognition this morning as the once peaceful streets are engulfed by violence and protests.